Welcome back to this week's episode of the Sports Gospel Show here on sportsgospel.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Darren and Andrew back on this week, pulling double duty with his various podcast obligations, gave him the week off and Thanksgiving. We got a little punchy on last week's show, Austin and I, and went a little bit long, so maybe a little bit of a tighter, shorter show this week. But we have to get to the NCAA football conference championship games and talk a little bit of the NBA in-season tournament that I feel like a lot of us, even though we're sports fans, they're so a little bit, how does this work? What's happening? So that's what we have Andrew here for to explain to us where we are, what's happening, and where we go from here. Going to start here with those aforementioned conference tournament games. Going to do this in chronological order. Probably not going to get into it, but the first game played is New Mexico and Liberty for the uh, that's Sunbelt Conference title. Conference USA. Conference USA. There we go. Are you picking the Aggies or the Liberty... What are they, Eagles? No, Flames. Uh, Got to roll with Liberty Bibberty on this one. So. <laughs> uh, Liberty Bibberty, the 24th ranked, whatever they are, 12-0, moving to 13-0. Congratulations to you, Liberty. You they, have a, they still have a shot at the New Year's Six, don't they? If Tulane loses, Liberty wins out. Mm, if Tulane loses, it's a loss to SMU. Who's twenty fifth? I think SMU would actually SMU would actually take the spot. Sorry, Liberty. Probably. Sorry, Liberty, Liberty. You can't go much higher than thirteen and zero. You might get a game against James Madison, though. Aren't they not allowed to be in the postseason? Uh, they are very much allowed to be in the postseason because there were not enough bowl eligible teams. Oh, nice. Good for you. There's eighty two spots and only seventy nine teams. Bowl eligible officially. That's how five and seven Minnesota is also going to get a bowl game. That <laughs> so many different side tangents we can take. Maybe we'll save that for a bowl game episode on how diluted these are. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on to the big one on Friday night. I will pick New Mexico State. I think they're still riding the high of beating Auburn. So okay, go Aggies. I like it. But we'll start with the the biggest game Friday night, Pac-12 after dark on ABC, Oregon and Washington, the showdown in Las Vegas. I say the game that probably impacts the playoff more than any other. So we're going to start out hot on Friday night. I think Oregon's going to come out hungry. They've, they're peaking at the right time. I think Washington is great. Maybe still one of the five best teams. I feel like they've kind of cooled off. Washington basically won the first game, in my opinion, because Oregon took some risks, some fourth down calls and, uh, kind of living on the edge, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I'm I'm here for a fun shootout, but I have to go with the Ducks. Yeah, and you said it impacts the playoffs the most. I actually am going to disagree and say this one impacts the playoffs the least because winner is in, loser is out. I think it's a, as clear as that for this. I think there's other scenarios, and that could impact the playoffs way more, and we can talk about it when we get to other games. But I'm going to go ahead and pick the Ducks, too. Like you said, they took a little bit of risks against Washington the first time. Um, I'd like to see Washington pull this out, honestly. It'd be nice to see Michael Penix complete the story um, of making the comeback that he has in college football after I thought he was done. So it'd be great to see Washington pull it out. I'm not going to pick it. And I also think, in a strange way, this is a game that's going to decide maybe the Heisman Trophy race, too. I think uh, Bo Nix probably can't win it if he loses to Washington again. Uh, And Penix would probably be right up there with Jaden Daniels. 
So I think it's a Jaden Daniels Penix Knicks race. And uh, this game on Friday night could have a lot to say about it. I'm going to pick Oregon though. And uh, they're favored by nine and a half and the over under is 65 and a half. So Oregon in the over is uh, the play for me right there. Yeah, we'll revisit the conversation on the Heisman here at the end, but I think you nailed nailed it on the final three. Uh, And yeah, Penix could show out in this game. There's so much to like about Washington. Like Kalen DeBoer as a coach, big fan of Michael Penix. I think he's got an NFL future. Roma Dunze is going to be a first-round pick. Braylon Trice is ETF. So many guys on on this Husky team you're going to see in the NFL. Same for the Ducks, especially on that offensive side. You know, Troy Franklin and Tess Johnson to go along. I think Bo Nix has worked his way into that first-round conversation. So much talent that if you maybe haven't seen a lot of Pac-12 just with the schedule, take Friday night to watch this game. You're going to see a lot of future stars in this game. I, yeah. I'm i I'm all for Washington winning. I just I think it's going to be Oregon. Weirdly, these teams have never played each other in the Pac-12 championships. So just re- we've only had the Pac-12 since 2011. This is Oregon's sixth appearance, Washington's third. Washington is 2-0 and in their previous appearances. Oregon is 4-1. and And really, the Pac-12 title game has not been close. Utah doubled up USC last year. Utah beat Oregon 38-10. to The Ducks did beat USC by 7 in 2020, but otherwise, there's a lot of blowouts. You know, Oregon beating Utah by 22. Washington beating Colorado by 31. Oregon beat Arizona 51-13. to So I, as much as I would love to see a 45-41 game, I I think Oregon's out for blood. They're going to put their foot on the gas in this one. It it could get ugly if if things break right for Oregon. They will not let up on Washington after the earlier game this year. Yeah, and uh, I know we're calling it the Pac-12 championship. Maybe we should just call it Big Ten championship number two, since these are future Big Ten teams. <laughs> yeah, that's... can we just can we just change the name and call it Big Ten championship number two? Anyways, I digress. I I'm I'm with you. I think it could get rather ugly too. Probably will. Bucky Irving is another name to know. Yeah. Man, there's so many future pros on both sides. Yeah, both of the quarterbacks are pros. Bucky Irving, Troy Franklin, Romeo Dunze. Romeo Dunze is one of the best receivers. Dylan Johnson is going to play. Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan. Uh, yeah, you you name it. I mean lot of guys that are going to play on Sundays in this game, especially on offense. Yeah. So go Ducks. I I do think they're one of the three best teams. I think Oregon, Michigan, and Georgia, not to spoil too much of the future conversation, I think those are the three best teams in the country, but we can dig into that as we go throughout the show. Probably. Go ahead. All right. Uh, again, some of this, uh, another quick game, the Maction Championship Saturday, Miami of Ohio versus Toledo. Oh, yeah. Um, Miami of Ohio versus Toledo. I think the the Rockets are the Rockets of Toledo are uh, they're rolling. They're 11 and one. And uh, I think they'll probably go to 12 and one. So give me the Toledo Rockets. I'm with you on the Rockets. I think Iowa State fans, we kind of have an obligation to cheer for them by extension. Uh, and then the next, the next big one, another game that could have playoff implications. Texas needs to win to have a chance at it. They, the Big Twelve, as much as I hate to admit it, was probably the weakest of the Power Five this year. It's almost laughable that Oklahoma State is in this situation. If there's a game that I think is going to get ugly early, it's going to be this one. I think Texas is just going to obliterate Oklahoma State. This Oklahoma State is the quintessential Jekyll and Hyde team. So, 
there. I, yeah. I have no hope for Oklahoma state in this one. It's, it's a miracle. They're even here. I would tend to agree with that. I mean, a team that lost to South Alabama <laughs> in the conference championship and not just lost, got absolutely handled by South Alabama as the second best team. Uh, that's how, you know, your conference is not doing so hot. Uh, Texas future SEC member Texas is probably going to be winning this game. They're favored by 15 and a half. Don't know if they'll cover all of that, but uh, they might. They just, they very well might. I'm going to take Texas to win here. Yeah, and Oklahoma should be in the spot. I know they lost Bedlam, but those truly are the two best teams. And after K-State lost in the snowball to Iowa State. Um, but not to, not to spoil too much of this, is Texas a playoff team for you if they win? Or do they need a couple other breaks to go their way? Assuming the favorites all win out. Or is Texas, is the Big 12 going to be the... Let's, let's let's assume Georgia, Michigan, Florida State were to all win. Is the is the Big Twelve the one left out? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Quick, uh, quick Texas adjacent question: What are they going to do at quarterback next year? Because I don't think Quinn Ewers is going to come out. I I think there's too many quarterbacks. I think he should stay in school and get that NIL money. And I think Quinn Ewers could be QB one in the in next year's NFL draft. So are they going to have Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning sitting another year? Yeah, probably. Arch Manning will sit yet another year. Wow. Because I, I, I do think Quinn Ewers is arguably better. I think he was a better prospect coming out. Arch just has the Manning name. I'd just be shocked if he sits for two years with all the potential for the name. Yeah. Um, who Who knows? Uh, transfer portal is wild. We, wild. we could right. do a whole episode on transfer portal stuff. So uh, nothing's going to shock me right. we should, in the college football offseason. We need to get that on our to-do list is to look at the transfer portal. It feels like we're going to have transfer oh, portals into like NBA, NBA or NFL free agency. It's going to be just as big as those in the next couple of years for something to talk oh, about. It already is. Yeah, it's already there. All right. Uh, two quick, uh, I guess, three quick hitters, Boise and UNLV for the Mountain West. Uh, UNLV, give me the running Rebs. I'm with you there. Boise State got in on a literal coin flip. Uh, App State and Troy for the uh, App State is my adopted team. So shout out to the uh, App State fraternity dudes that I met during COVID Sorry. by playing by playing Madden. They sent me a shirt even. So uh, I might have to wear two different shirts on Saturday. I have to flip from my App State shirt to my Iowa shirt. Um, but uh, yeah, give me eight and four App State who beat James Madison to spoil their undefeated season, and they're going to take down Troy. Troy's favored by six, so here's my upset pick: the Appalachian State Mountaineers. Uh, I'm with you on that one. So far, we're we're five for six on agreement. Uh, and then SMU and Tulane, we talked about a little bit. Tulane win and they're in a New Year Six game. SMU may have a shot to steal that here. I'll go with the Green Wave. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Green Wave as well. Also, I just like Michael Pratt and I just like the system that Tulane runs. I think it's just a good system at at the level that they're at as far as the offense goes. I don't see SMU slowing down Tulane. This is gonna be a fun game to watch. I I mean. I know there's another big game going on at three o'clock. Um, 
but tune in, man. You got the split screen mode on YouTube TV where you can watch SMU Tulane, App State Troy, and Georgia Alabama all at the same time. Do it because that's going to be a nice, nice little window there. I know Bama Georgia is the big one, but this is going to be a fun game. A uh, solid day. You can just for ABC, Big 12 title. AAC title and ACC title all in a row. Yeah, well, you got to you got to flip to Fox at seven o'clock, but we'll get we'll get there. We'll get and there. Given the choice, I'd rather watch SMU versus Tulane than this SEC game that we have to get to here with Georgia and Alabama. That'll be one of the other ones. Major playoff implications here. Obviously, Georgia wins and they're in. They don't feel as special as they have the last two years, but they still are obviously the number one to be the man. You got to beat the man. So still the reigning champs, Alabama, just the one loss to Texas earlier. They feel like kind of the hotter team right now as Georgia feels pedestrian by their standards. Alabama and Jalen Milrow needed that miracle to get past Auburn. But the latter part of the season, Alabama feel like they, feels like they've really caught fire. As somebody who picked Alabama to win the title early in the year, I feel like I should cheer for them. As somebody who doesn't want two SEC teams in the playoff, I kind of want Georgia to obliterate Alabama. So I'm going to go with Georgia for the sake of the college football landscape. I'm going to go with Alabama um, as much as I hate doing it. Like you said, Alabama is kind of a hot team. Um, I, I've got a lot more faith in Jalen Milrow and sort of Nick Saban, kind of the weapons around him. I think Alabama is hot right now. And like you said, Georgia's maybe not the team that we all expected them to be not the dominant version of Georgia that we've seen the past couple of years. I'm going to go ahead and take Alabama here for an upset. Now let's, let's remember that because we're going to revisit our final four here once we get them all wrapped up. Uh, and then we've got the ACC title. I don't know if I say this is the least interesting because the big 12 game doesn't really inspire a lot, but I think the entire college football landscape is cheering for Louisville to knock Florida state out. Louisville lost, I think it was like the ninth time in a row last week, lost the battle for Kentucky to the Wildcats. But I think we all want Louisville to beat Florida State and just get this kind of fly out of the ointment here. Seminoles without Jordan Travis are a markedly different team. They had no business beating Florida last week, came back to take down the Gators in their longstanding rivalry. I'm going to go with Louisville. I think we all want Louisville to win, so I'll take the Cardinals here. Yeah, we're going to get weird. This weekend, uh, some we're gonna have a little bit of chaos, I think, because I'm predicting I'm predicting some chaos with Bama over Georgia, and I'm adding to the chaos here by predicting Louisville over Florida State. Um, like you said, different team without Jordan Travis. Obviously, if Florida State wins, no questions about it. Doesn't matter how much they win by 13 and 0. You're not dropping them out of the top four. There's no reason to drop them out of the top four if they go through. No. So if, if Florida State wins this game, they'll have earned it in my mind. But I, I don't think they're going to win this game. I think Jeff Brom is a decent coach, as much as that pains me to say, because I hate Jeff Brom. <laughs> so I'm not really cheering for him. Um, but I think he's got all the weapons. He's got Jawar Jordan at running back, Mari Thrash at wide receiver, and Jack Plummer as his quarterback. Um, advantage Louisville in this scenario, I think. So 
give me uh, the Louisville Cardinal taking off the Florida State Seminoles, and we're going to get really weird in terms of the college football playoff. Those two upsets alone are going to throw things into chaos for the committee. I, I don't know who the four are going to be based off those two upsets alone. So, And then we have probably the biggest one. I think, I think the two biggest are the Pac-12 and the Big Ten title game. So much on the line here. Michigan taking on your Hawkeyes. This will be the nightcap going on the same time as the ACC game, but I suspect most of the college football fans will be more into the Big Ten game. Uh, at uh, 8 o'clock East Coast time from Indianapolis, Michigan Wolverines versus your offense-deprived Iowa Hawkeyes. This is easy. Michigan wins. They're in. Simple. Iowa wins. We have chaos. Well, we, we already have chaos based, based off my predictions, right? Um, with Bama and, uh, Louis, Louisville winning. I think that's enough chaos right there. Um, I just got off my Iowa Hawkeye podcast and I have to stay true to what I said there. I can't waver off of my prediction there. I just have this strange feeling. Uh, last time Iowa played Michigan in a scenario where they were trying to get into the playoff, um, Iowa was a 21 and a half point underdog. They're a 21 and a half point underdog. That was 2016 when Iowa won on the walk-off field goal in Kinnick Stadium. Now I know this game isn't in Kinnick Stadium in Lucas Oil in Indianapolis, but I've got Iowa 17 to 13. Wow. I think Iowa turns this into a defensive grinded out game. They find a way to sneak through and get a couple of touchdowns and add a field goal. And their defense plays lights out, even without Cooper DeGene, which I'd feel a lot better about Iowa's chances with Cooper DeGene. Feel like, uh, I just think everybody's counting them out and we've seen chaos before. I think everybody's just penciling this in as a Michigan win and maybe even Michigan themselves is penciling it in as a win. And so I, uh, I do not feel, I just got strange vibes. And so I'm going to take the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes to uh, upset the Michigan Wolverines. Which would really make a mess of things if the playoffs, I would much rather see a repeat of 2021 between my love of Michigan and deep heartfelt hatred of all things Iowa Hawkeyes, a 42 to three running that back would be, would be delightful. It just, mm, I was not, <laughs> I was not going to give up that many points in this game. The, what the line 23, 24 point line is absurd. I'd, I'd bet I would cover that, but I still think Michigan's going to come away with this. It's going to be a war. The, the Iowa physicality and the defense, I was not going to score on Michigan. They're just going to have to try to keep them close with the defense and special teams. And I don't know if this is something to factor in, but the, so we switched from in 2011 with the new big 10, we had the legends and leaders. And then people hated that as you can imagine why. So 2014, we went to East West. So since we went to East West, the West has never won the Big Ten tournament game. The only two times was Wisconsin in eleven and twelve when it was Legends and Leaders. So I don't, I don't know if that's a bad omen of a decade now of history of the East owning this title game. Yeah, which means the West is due. The West <laughs> is due, baby, and the divisions are going away. So if the West is going to do it, 
this is the year. Why not Iowa? Why not us? Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's do this thing. Let's throw it all into total chaos and let's have the Iowa Hawkeyes win. So to... we could even go further chaos scenario. The ultimate chaos scenario is Texas losing as well, but I, I'm not going to give Oklahoma state beating Texas. So, so what's it for the sake of time, let's go with it. So who are your power five champions to recap here from these five big games? Oh. Okay, Power 5 champions, we've got Oregon, Texas, uh, Bama, Louisville, Iowa. That's my winners of the right. of the game, conference championship games. And your playoff bracket, or I guess your 1, 2, 3, 4 is? Wow. Um, I think I've got 1, 2, and, and 4 losing, right? Okay. Uh, three. No, I've got one, two, three, and four losing. So Oregon would move to one. Ohio State would slide in there. Interesting. Georgia would remain in, and Bama and Bama would get in. I would think by virtue of their win over number one. So I think it would go. I think it would go. Oregon one, Ohio State two. Hmm. Um, and then Bama and then Georgia. So hey. Oregon, Georgia, Ohio State, Bama, or maybe Georgia at three, or Bama at four. Either way, I think that scenario I'd outline maybe Texas. Does Texas sneak in over Bama? Texas. Yeah, there we go. Texas is my fourth, not Bama. Drop them out. So Bama's going to win. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> See this? Bama. I mean, I, I think college football has to love this with these. You have eight. You have eight legitimate contenders for four spots, depending on how all this works out. Yeah. Yeah. I have no clue. I have no clue. Is there? Is I there... think I would know. I think I would be set on Oregon in that scenario, and like that's it. That's the only set team that I would have in that scenario that any, I just outlined. Any chance a one-loss Washington gets in if they lose to Oregon? Maybe. I think one-loss Georgia would be my other lock, too. I don't think you're going to lose the SEC championship because I expect it to be a hard-fought close win for Alabama. Um, So I don't see them dropping all the way down. Kind of like TCU last year because they they lost to Kansas State in the conference championship, right? Right. But they didn't really drop at all by losing the conference championship. So I don't know. Maybe they don't. I mean, they dropped Michigan out. I would think by loss to Iowa. Yeah, that's that's the weird thing. If you drop Michigan out from losing to Iowa, can you put Ohio State in over Michigan when Michigan just beat Ohio State? Like, there's so many situations. And maybe Michigan remains in. Right. And it's maybe Texas is the one, like you say, who's on the outside looking in. Cause even if they win, like the committee already ranked Ohio state ahead of them. So it's okay. If these teams start falling out, it looks like the committee's going to pluck Ohio state before they're going to pick you. So if you're Texas, you're like, Oh, well, even if we win, if all these other situations work out, if two spots become available, they're going to take Ohio state and maybe Alabama. So it's, but so- Texas beat Alabama. 
Right. It's <laughs> right. See? It doesn't make any sense in my scenario that I outlined. Well, that's... I, that's why I want it to happen because I don't know how the committee is going to make any sense of it, but that's why they get paid the big bucks and I don't. Uh, let's make it really simple though. Let's just, let's just really have chaos and just have Oklahoma State win. That'd be my ideal scenario. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Who are you for? Yeah, I I think just from my own simple brain comprehension, that's why I wanted to keep it simple. Georgia wins, stays at one. Michigan wins, stays at two. Oregon wins, jumps up to that three. And that's where the fourth spot gets tough. I think if they're going to say conference championships matter, that's where I have to put Texas in. I think Florida State will drop out, but that'll that'll be the question. One loss, Texas versus Ohio State versus Washington. I think there's a legitimate conversation, but I always err on the side of let's give it to conference champions, especially thinking about that Texas TV market. If you're the committee and you're ESPN, would you rather have Washington or Texas fan base watching or you know, Texas versus Ohio State? It's a lot more intriguing, but that'd be mine. Georgia versus Texas, one, four, Michigan, Washington, two, three, or Michigan, Oregon, two, three, which also gets you a traditional old school Big Ten Pac-12 Rose Bowl for the final time before we blow up the conferences. Screw it. Put Iowa in. Let's see it. <laughs> Iowa in the college football playoffs. Let's go. Iowa, Louisville, Okie State. Let's get, yeah, let's get weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. That's not going to happen. But, uh, yeah. Okay. No. We can move on. Yeah. I, I'm just cheering for chaos, just so you know. Yeah. I'm cheering for is, absolute chaos. It is definitely in the cards, and we'll come back to it next week to see where we're at. Uh, quick, uh, before we get to the NBA, we talked about it a little bit, the Heisman race. It feels like it's it's kind of becoming two horses with Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix. I think Michael Penix is still hanging around. Like you mentioned, Washington wins the Pac-12 title. I think he's got a shot to crawl back into this. He was the leader for a while. But if you uh, had to put money down, where's your Heisman going? Bo Nix. Interesting. Bo Nix, yeah. I, I, Jaden Daniels, a lot of respect to what he's done. I just think uh, you're nine and three, and that's got to play into it. I think Bo Nix is a big part of the reason why Oregon is going to ultimately make the college football playoffs and have a really good chance to win it, I think. Um, so. Yeah, give me Bo Nix just because of, of the Wayne factor, and I think he's uh, pretty big for his team. So I wouldn't mind if they gave it to Jaden Daniels, but I just think Bo Nix is going to win it. Yeah, Bo Nix would be my pick, but the more I research and look at the numbers, Jaden Daniels is uh, really impressive. The guy's like one of the 10 best rushers in the league to go on top of being one of the top five quarterbacks. Like you say, just LSU struggles as a team may bring him down there. Like the number one total offense, but the 104th total defense. So it's kind of like Caleb Williams at USC, where he he can only do so much. I just I hope for a close vote. We haven't had a real g- close competition for the Heisman last year. Kind of everybody knew it was Caleb Williams, but Max Duggan had a lot of supporters. It's been since about 2015 that we've had a real great Heisman race. We kind of went into it knowing who was who it was going to be. So if we get a real close race, that'd be great. Back in 2015, it was a fun one with. Derrick Henry versus Christian McCaffrey, and then even Deshaun Watson had a lot of support there. So that's the last time we had a real tight Heisman race. I'd be happy to get back to that. Yeah, that'd be nice. But so, I think uh, I think Bonex might run away with it this yeah. weekend. I'll, yeah, I'll I'll ride with you on that one. 
So we've got about uh, 10 to 15 minutes here to quick turn the page to an NBA basketball, which I will admit I've still been kind of, it's more uh, channel surfing and then I'll stop for a little bit of a close game. But I see we are down to our final eight in this tournament. So what is happening yes. in season tournament and how does this all work for those of us who are not as attentive? Yeah. So the way it worked is we had group play, which just finished up last night. And it kind of works like uh, the FA Cup in soccer, if you've ever heard of that. Um, but basically, wins and losses matter in group play, but so does point differential. So you have teams trying to run up the score in certain scenarios um, because winning by a higher margin is absolutely good for um, for you. Um, most of the teams that are here, though, are because they won their groups outright by just straight up winning four games in group play. Um, so we're down to our final eight, and it's West versus East. Got the one seed Lakers because they had they went four and zero in group play, and they also had um, the highest point differential, meaning uh, their margin of victory in those four wins was higher than the Kings. That's why the Kings are the two. They host the Suns in L.A. Uh, the Kings host the Pelicans. Then on the East, the Bucks host the Knicks. One Bucks, that one seed Bucks, four seed Knicks, two seed Pacers, three seed Celtics. Uh, on the other half, and then once those games are played and we're down to the semifinals, the semifinals and the championship, all the teams go to Las Vegas, and the semifinals and the championship are played in Las Vegas. And that's really the cool part of this tournament is all the media that covers all these teams, all the national media, they're there for summer league play. It's like the summer league championship, but in season uh, with the actual regular rosters. And then there's a cash prize. I think each and every player gets like $500,000 or something for the winning team. Um, coaches too. So that's big money for end of bench guys, big money for assistant coaches. So that's kind of what we're, what we're playing for here. Um, I think the Bucks are the East favorite and the Kings are the West favorite. So that's kind of how we sit right now. And it seems like the players are actually taking this seriously, given that the Lakers with LeBron, the Suns with Durant, the Kings were legit contenders, the Bucks with Giannis and Lillard and the Celtics with all their star power. So the the star players are actually taking this seriously, which I think is what a lot of people were concerned about. Hey, you didn't mention the other star player here. Hal- Halliburton's the star. I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> I was, I'm an I- Iowa fan. I don't like Iowa State. That's very well known, very well documented. But Halliburton's a star. And uh, if the Pacers make it to Vegas, that's kind of what this tournament's about, is introducing the world at large to kind of maybe some more of these unknown commodities. Like everybody knows the Lakers and the Suns. Everybody knows the Bucks, the Celtics. The lesser known commodities are like the Indiana Pacers and just the style of play uh, because they play one of the fastest tempos uh, that we've ever seen in NBA basketball. Like legitimately the Pacers are going out every night with the mindset of we're going to drop 150 points tonight. And if we don't, we're going to try our best to like, we're, we're going to do everything in our power to drop 150. Like they are just running gun. It's like the, 
It's like the D'Antoni Suns in their heyday, except quicker, much quicker. Hmm. So um, people are going to get introduced to that, hopefully, if the Pacers can beat the Celtics. Ideally, uh, a lot of people think, you know, give us Suns Bucks or Lakers Bucks or Lakers Celtics, Suns Celtics, something like that. You know what the most intriguing matchup to me would be? Kings Kings Pacers. Kings Pacers, because everybody talks about the Halliburton trade and how the Kings lost that trade. I think it's one of the rare scenarios where it was a win-win trade for everybody, the Halliburton-Sabonis trade, because uh, the Kings probably don't make the playoffs last year if they don't have Sabonis. It it evens out their team and fills a need for their team that they kind of needed, and Sabonis didn't really fit with what Indiana needed, and Halliburton fits a lot better. Halliburton's a star player. It also opened up things for De'Aaron Fox, but uh, and Buddy Heald is on was a part of that trade as well. So I think there there'd be a lot of intrigue there, and also it'd be a lot of fun because both those teams can really score, can really fill it up. That might be a wild, up tempo. We can't keep up with all the action. That might look a lot more like a 90s All-Star game where we're bordering bordering on each team scoring 200 points. So I really want Kings Pacers for that championship game. That's kind of what what I'm rooting for. And to go back and clarify one thing here, the the in-season tournament games that have been played counted towards the team's overall standings. Yes, but their overall standings don't factor into their in-tournament seed. For example, right. the Lakers are barely over 500 right now. They're the seven seed in the East, the Pelican or in the West. Pelicans are the nine, yet the Lakers are the one seed in the tournament and the Pelicans are the three. Right. It's just how you did in those four games of group play. That's how this, that's what impacts the seeding. Not anything outside of that. So it can, uh, uh, trying to say which direction I want to go here. Let's get some picks here. So we'll be starting next week. Uh, so December 4th and 5th, the first games, Lakers and Suns. Suns. Okay. Suns, Kings. Suns, Kings in the West and East. We've got. Let's flush it out. Kings over Suns. So Kings to the championship. We got over in the East. We've got Bucks, Knicks and Pacers, Celtics. I think Pacers are going to take the Celtics, the Bucks are going to take the Knicks, and the Pacers are going to beat the Bucks. And exactly what I want is exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. Because while I think, you know, these guys are taking it seriously and competitive, ultimately I think a couple of these teams are going to want it more. And I think, you know, Suns, Lakers, Bucks, Celtics, they're thinking about the long term. But the Pacers or the Kings, they would really like to have that title of we won the first in-season tournament. We're the in-season tournament champions. I know it may not mean much, but I think for them, they're kind of contenders. Maybe they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't know if they can really pull through and make the finals. Whereas those other teams I mentioned, they've got their eyes set on the on the grand prize in June. Not that the Pacers and the Kings don't. These other teams do. I think the 
I think the Kings and the Pacers are especially motivated, and I I'm gonna pick them to meet up in the championship. The Kings are gonna prevail and beat the Pacers in the championship game. I I I like it. Let's get some new blood in there. I'm I'm all for this Kings team that we've had. The Beam team getting hot and good to see the Pacers and our beloved Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, and the rest of the NBA hasn't stopped. The rest of the teams are still playing while it's happening. They just have a couple less exciting games to fill on the schedule. Right. Yep. Um. Oh, favorite, favorite in-season court so far. Have you watched enough to... Because if anybody has not watched these, in, the teams convert their courts into some eyesores, but very bright colors instead of just your traditional NBA hardwood brown. Have you picked a favorite? I have not, and I like the in-season tournament. I don't like the courts, the jerseys. The just give me like the '90s throwback courts and jerseys for this in-season tournament. Just every team wear your '90s jerseys, and and we'll be good. I like it. That would be much much better. If you want to do some alternate jerseys, just bring back the '90s jerseys. So. I don't like these alternates that the NBA has done. I can appreciate what they were trying to do, but like some of these courts are bright red, like the Philly one, and they just absolutely hurt my eyes. So let's not let's not do that again next year. So lesson learned for next year: right. no alternate courts, no alternate uniforms. I don't have a favorite. Yeah, kind of try some different things. Work out the kinks in the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, anything else on the tournament? And then we can do a quick minute or two here on the rest of the NBA. Uh, no, nothing else on the tournament. Yeah. Let's just take a quick look at the rest of the NBA. Um, if you and I went to the local high school and found three kids from the freshman team, could we beat the Detroit Pistons right now? Uh, yes. And probably the Washington Wizards. (laughs) For anybody not watching, the Pistons are two and 16. And apparently cannot shoot and score at all. And this is a team that I've touted. I thought they'd be much better. I've, I've professed my love of Jaden Ivey and then Tade Cunningham. I was always a little bit leery of. I don't know if we want to start pulling out the B word for him. But the Pistons are historically awful. The Wizards down there where we expected. The Grizzlies expected this without Ja. And then your beloved Wemby, Wemby and the Spurs. What's going on? Three and 14 losers of 12 in a row? Yeah. Um, the Spurs are playing without a real point guard and it hurts them. Um, the Pistons, I think the talent is there. Uh, there's a lot of things that don't make sense with the Pistons and it comes down to coaching. Uh, let's just, and the reason why I say this is Killian Hayes for some unknown reason is playing like 30 some minutes a game. Like I, or he was early on in the season. For some reason, they didn't trust Jay Nivey. They finally put Jay Nivey back into the starting lineup and it's gotten a little bit better, but I, I think Detroit has some coaching issues. They need a new coach and I'm not going to throw out the B word with Cade. It's way too early for that. I think they've actually got the pieces. It's just they more they need the right coach to like the Kings did with Mike Brown. They they had pieces, but they needed the right coach to kind of bring it all together and Mike Brown is that right coach for them. Detroit needs to, th- to find the same thing. Didn't they just get 
wasn't isn't it Monty Williams who had all the great teams with the Suns? Yeah, was that really Monty Williams though, or was that just a CP3 Devin Booker hot streak? Right. I I'm not so sure about Monty Williams and his coaching ability. I think it's that's the thing that I have to question or. Like, is ownership telling him that Killian Hayes has to play? Why are we playing Killian Hayes over Jaden Ivey? I don't, I don't understand. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's what we can say about the bottom teams. I don't really care about NBA social media, but Instagram's algorithm seems to think I do. So I get a lot of NBA content I didn't ask for, and there were so many posts hating on Killian Hayes. I was like, what did Killian Hayes do to everybody? Uh, yeah, we don't need to like hate on Killian Hayes. It's just that he's not great, and he takes a lot of shots, plays a lot of minutes. I just... It doesn't make sense. Like, in a backup role, off the bench, him playing 10 minutes a game makes sense. I, But, I digress. We could talk about the Detroit's issues. Can we, can we move on to the good stories? I was going to say... Move on to the feel-good stories? Yeah, let's let's end here the, the final minute or so. Talk about the top teams you expect. We got the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, Nuggets, Suns all up there. And then how about them Timberwolves, 13 and 4, and then my magic, finally, 13 and 5. Let's hope they keep this going. So some exciting, fun new teams in there up at the tippy tops. So yeah, let's end on happiness. Yeah. Um I really like what Orlando's doing. They seem to have it a little bit more figured out with Another year, Paolo and Franz. I, I still think they are maybe missing a little bit at the point guard spot, but you you can't argue with winning eight in a row. They're they're winners of eight in a row. Um, and then yeah, Minnesota, they're just toughing it out. Uh, Anthony Edwards is kind of the story of the young season because he's seemingly, I didn't know it was possible, but we thought maybe it was taking his game to yet another level. Like, he is reaching superstar level. Um, big reason why the Wolves are 13-4. and four. Um, They've It seems like they've kind of said, all right, Ant, like, this is your team. Go for it. And he's responded to that, and the Wolves are reaping the benefits. The Gobert thing, it's like Gobert is in a time machine and in his defensive player of the year mode. So it's looking a lot better. Maybe they just needed time to gel. Maybe last year wasn't their year to gel. And I I hope the Wolves can keep this up too. I'd like to see them finish near the top as well. Same with Orlando. I'd like to see them keep staying on the rise. It's like you said, getting fresh blood in here is nice. It's fun. It's exciting. So I don't know if they will. I think both those teams could regress to the mean a little bit. Uh, but the way things look, both of these teams are definitely playoff-bound teams. We know that much. Yeah, and that's what we like on the show. We like parody and changing it up and not just having the same old powerhouses. Hey, really, if we if we think about it, we're getting really close to being a quarter of the way done with the season. We're 18, 20 games in. There's only 82 games in the season. We're uh, We're close. We're getting close to being a quarter of the way there. My NBA watching starts at Christmas. I understand. Um, hoping the in-season tournament can change that for you, though. Yeah. I would say 
watch the in-season tournament if you're going to watch anything NBA-related in early December before Christmas. Become a fan of Tyrese Halliburton. Or Keegan Murray, if you watch <laughs> the Sacramento Kings. But uh, anyways, you're going to have a lot of fun watching the in-season tournament. Anyways, it's kind of that March Madness style. So, um, yeah, that'll do it for me tonight. Yeah, and that'll do it for all of us. We thank you all for joining. We'll see you next week here. Get updated. Hopefully we'll have a college football playoff by then. Look at some bowl games. We thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time. Keep your stick on the ice.